You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. And today it's all about the Chicago Marathon. So we're going to talk about a world record performance, some PRs, and a lot of grit and determination in this marathon. It's a great marathon. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. Hi, we are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre. And with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome. Hey, hello. Before we officially start the episode, I want to invite you to join me in a challenge I created four years ago. You know that consistency is key to improve as a runner, right? We talk about that in the podcast a lot. And that running, for me especially, and a lot of people during January here in Canada, is really, really hard. Why? Because it's really cold. It's probably very snowy. The footing is terrible. We usually have a few extra pounds in our bodies because of the holidays. I know I, I always have. So it's really hard to maintain the motivation and to stay consistent and accountable in your running. So that's why I created the 60 North Run Challenge. It's a very fun challenge you can do from anywhere in the world. And you can choose how many kilometers to run during January. It can be 60, 120, or 180 kilometers. When you join, when you register for the challenge, you can be part of this amazing community we have that encourages you, that is very motivating. And we will ship you an amazing swag kit that includes a medal, a negator, some stickers. It's, it's really, really cool. Uh, so to learn more, just go to 60northrun.ca. That's 60northrun.ca. Learn more and register and join me on this amazing challenge. And if you use the coupon code CHASING during checkout, you can get $5 of your registration. So go to 60northrun.ca to... Learn more. I hope to see you in there. It's a very fun challenge. And let's go into today's episode. Welcome to the Chasing PR podcast. I am Diego. And I'm Rochelle. And today is the Chicago Marathon review episode, right? Yeah. So we recorded last night our thoughts before the marathon. We weren't able to get together to do it. Would you record your thoughts from yesterday? Yeah. And I recorded mine. Do you want to talk about the winners first of the Chicago Marathon? We have to. Okay. I think Kelvin Kiptum has to be discussed first because yeah. he just broke the world record. Two hours and 35 seconds. Yeah. So he broke Kipchoge's record, which I feel like a lot of running fans will be kind of sad that Kipchoge's record is gone. But now there's someone who's like, he's passing the torch on to someone technically. Um, because that's like, he was shooting for under two hours. He announced that he was going to try to be the first person to go of sub two. So I wonder in the next couple of years, I think he's going to do that. Yeah. And what I'm wondering is like Kipchoge is like so focused on getting that third marathon medal. And maybe he's just looking over his shoulder right now after, mm -hmm. after Kiptum. And the female winner was a big fan. We are a big favorite of this, post, this podcast. Safan Hassan. So six weeks ago, she tripped like meters from the finish line of the 10,000 meter at world, world athletic championships. And then she just won Chicago. And by, like by two minutes. And yeah. it's only her second marathon ever. And if Tigas didn't 
break the world record two weeks ago in Berlin, Stefan would have just broke it. Oh, really? She was quicker than Bridget Koskai. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. It was great to be part of that marathon, right? A world record, an amazing race by Stefan. And they announced it on the course. We were running running, and then someone said, and just for you know, so you know, and they were like announcing it on the speaker. Um, The world record just went down for the men and everybody cheered and it was cool. Yeah, when when they it did also happen so I was like two hours and thirty five seconds and all of the people around me was like, Did she say two hours and thirty five seconds? Do you think it motivated your group? Like did everybody kind of pick up the pace and get into it more? Or do you think everyone was like, Okay, oh, that's no, fast. it was like thirty two K, so I think we were all surviving. There's no picking up the point case <laughs> at that point. <laughs> okay, so that was the pros summary. Oh, and I should say Molly Seidel. Okay. She just ran a 2.23, which I was really excited about. That's her PB. And she's been, like, injured and having both, like, mental and physical issues since Tokyo Olympics when she got that bronze medal. So I was really excited to see her come back and have a really good race. It's only her second marathon after their, her... I, I read that today on Instagram. Like, it's her second marathon after her breakdown or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's eyeballing the Paris Olympics, I think. And I was just excited for her. And she was the second American. So Emily Sisson was the first. Emma Bates, like, rolled her ankle or did something. She kind of twisted her ankle on the course, her Instagram said. So she actually didn't run the race she wanted to run at all. She, You can see pictures of her and she's grimacing and you can tell her ankle's, like, kind of twisted in a weird way. So I would have liked to see her do well because I'm a big Emma Bates fan, but it w- I also really like Molly Seidel. So I was happy She's always she smiling. Well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was the pros. Mm-hmm. Re- small review. I, we don't want to make this episode too long. So yeah. let's cut into our thoughts of last night, right before, the night before the marathon. And let's just go to, rec- to our thoughts after the marathon. Because we're recording this like a few hours after we finish mm-hmm. the marathon. So you have... Raw feelings. Hello, everyone. It's Rochelle. I'm in Chicago in a Holiday Inn hotel downtown looking out at the skyline of Chicago the night before the race and feeling all the normal things. I'm nervous. I'm excited. Kind of excited to get the marathon over with, but at the same time, I don't want it to be over. If you've done a big marathon, you know what that's like. Um, So I'm feeling pretty good. I, I definitely feel like I've Nailed my nutrition this time. If you listen to my post-race summary of St. Lawrence Marathon in April, I felt really dehydrated and like I didn't fuel enough leading up to the race. So I have some things that I'm changing this time. I've been counting my carbs for the last three days. So I've been getting 500 grams of carbs each day. That's based on the fact that dietitians recommend eight grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight. So... I always used to just think, oh, I should just carb load, eat pasta, eat pizza. But actually calculating it, I'm realizing I needed a lot more than I was getting in the past. So I've been drinking a lot of Gatorade and just getting more things in like muffins and stuff like that. So and hydrating lots. And tomorrow, instead of just two instant packages of oatmeal, I'm going to have a Costco bagel, which has almost 70 grams of carbs. That's a lot. And a full bottle of Gatorade at like 4.30, so three hours out from the race. And with regards to performance, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm a little bit worried about a, a stupid, subtle little knee thing that came up on my Wednesday run when I did my 25K two weekends ago. So it was my last long run. 
I had this pain on the inside of my knee. It's called the Pez Anserine Bursa. And I took a couple of days off and treated it and it went away. And then I did 16K last weekend. And then on Wednesday, for some random reason, it came back, even though I hadn't done much running and no speed. So I haven't run since Wednesday, which is not what I would normally do. It's This is now Saturday night, and usually I would have ran either Thursday or Saturday, so I haven't ran in three days. I don't feel my knee at all, and I'm going up and down the stairs, and it's not tender, so I'm hoping it won't be an issue tomorrow. But I'm just going to put that out of my head for now, because if I show up to the race worried about my knee, I feel like it's more likely to flare up if I'm thinking about it and looking for it. So I'm just going to pretend... I've never had any knee pain, and then if it comes up, I'll deal with it. So yeah, 4.30 a.m., I'm going to be up, and I'm supposed to be at the start line for 5.30. It'll probably be maybe closer to 6 a.m., I feel like, by the time I walk there. It's a two-kilometer walk, which uh, normally would be okay, but today I ended up taking 18,000 steps, which I guess my Garmin's accurate, but I was at the expo and then trying to find somewhere to eat supper that wasn't completely blocked and had pasta was very challenging. So we were walking around for like 45 minutes. And then I walked to meet Diego for the river cruise, which was totally worth it. But that was another two kilometers. So way more steps than ideal. But I'm kind of thinking I haven't ran since Wednesday. So maybe that's a fair trade-off. We'll see. Yeah, so I'm going to go to bed at 9 and wake up tomorrow and get to that start line and just see what I can do. I'm going to lock in with a pace bunny and just follow them stick to their butt for as long as I possibly can. Hopefully it'll be the whole race and they'll pull me over the finish line just under three hours and 20 minutes is the goal. So yeah, wish me luck. And Diego's starting in Corral A. I'm in Corral D, so I'll be excited when I cross the finish line to hear all about his race and see if he was able to get under 250. Bye. Hello, guys. Diego here. It's almost 8 p.m. and at, I'm at the lobby at the hotel. And I think it, it's very, it will be very interesting if we share our thoughts. Sadly, Rochelle and I couldn't get together to do this together, but she's recording hers. I don't know when, but I'm recording mine. What are my thoughts a few hours before the marathon, the Chicago marathon? One, I have all these positive thoughts and all these negative thoughts somehow. I'm going to start with a positive thought. The positive thought is that I'm feeling great. I feel I'm ha I've had the best taper of my life. I've been very consistent with my tapering. I've been getting really well. I haven't pushed my body really hard, which, which I usually do because when you're tapering, you're feeling great, right? You've been training for a lot of time and you want to take advantage of, the, of that fitness. But I've been really smart about this time. And I've been tapering perfectly. Pretty much, we have this taper episode with, where we recommend a three-week taper based on science. And it's 10%, 20%, 35%. And I've been following that pretty much exactly. And the other positive thing is that it's been my best mileage block so far. And I also think having training for the Boston Marathon, having a great training cycle there, it's going to add up. I just took like, May pretty much off, but it was over a pretty 150 kilometers, if I remember correctly. So it's been a great year of of running, and I'm hoping that translates into great racing. My calf injury is holding up. It's not bothering me at all right now, but I'm gonna tape it. I'm gonna use my calf sleeve, and 
hopefully it doesn't it doesn't bother me. On the negative side of parts, it's that calf injury that hasn't allowed me to to do a speed work. I don't know if it's going to be a blessing in disguise because I love speed work and I feel I I I thrive on on speed work, but that has allowed me to run longer than ever to add some marathon pace into my long runs that I, I feel great about it and to somehow to compensate not having that speed work and not having where my not knowing where my fitness is right now I did three things I did a 5k time trial a six minute time trial and I last last weekend on Saturday inside my 21 kilometer long run that it was according to the tapering numbers uh, I did some threshold pace threshold pace is a little faster than marathon pace is pretty much half marathon pace so I did three times nine or ten minutes of threshold pace and the goal is to trick my mind to make marathon pales pace feel is feels easier so I, I done those three things and my 5k time and my six minute time trial are in line aligned with what I want to do during the marathon, that it's under two hours and 45 minutes. So if I take those numbers and I put them into our calculators, I, it says, okay, you are going to be able to do two hours and 45 minutes. I'm not a great marathon runner. I'm a better 5K runner, I believe. But that that, gave, that gives me a lot of confidence of what I can what I can achieve. And the threshold pace felt really good. It was hard, but it felt, felt manageable. And I think... I'm on great, in great shape to, to accomplish my goal. The weather is perfect. The only thing is that I, we, we need to wake up really, really early. I need to leave my hotel like at 5.30, be there, warm up, and be at the start line at 7.15. It's, it's super crowded. I've never been in a marathon this big, not even Boston. It's like 48,000 people here with their family, so everything is super crowded. I need to take my time, take it easy know that I'm going to walk a lot. My hotel is like two kilometers, two and a half kilometers from the start line. So I'm going to use that as a, as a warm up. I'm, I'm going to walk there, take it easy. But yeah, that those are my thoughts. The, the positive thought is my best block ever, my best taper ever. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. To be honest, I have a lot of energy on the negative side. I don't know my, how my speed's going to work out, but I try to compensate that with those 5k and six day six minute time trial to not to see if my speed is still there because I haven't done really any speed. So yeah, thanks as always for for listening. I wish Rochelle uh, an amazing an amazing race. I'm gonna try to look for her during the start line. I think it's gonna be really hard because it's too much people, too many people. But at the end, I, I bet we will we will meet each other and share our our thoughts about it. So thank you very much. See you tomorrow for the after race of the marathon. Okay, so welcome back. After you, you just listened to our thoughts about last night getting ready for the marathon. Let's talk a little about the pre-race. What did you do different about the pre-race? What do you think about the logistics, the organization of the race? Like right before the marathon started. It was like a well-oiled machine, I feel like. I showed up at the gate, and there was hundreds of people. Um, I didn't have a bag to check, so I got to skip those hundreds of people because I didn't have a bag. So if you ever do Chicago, don't see if you can go without checking a bag. Yeah, yeah. There's so many of them. The only thing is it was it was cold. So I think it was only 
only seven degrees Celsius, but that was cold compared to like we just kind of got out of our summer temperatures. And I brought uh, throwaway clothes, but I don't think I brought enough. So I was kind of like sitting around and waiting to go into the crowd for like an hour and it got really cold. So if I was to do it again, I would bring more clothing to wear, but it was really organized. Yeah, I, f- I feel the same thing. It's like 45,000 people and everything flows, yeah. right? I got a tip from our friend Dan that did Chicago last year. And he told us like, go to the back of the, we were in wave one. And he told us like, go to wave three, Pora Portis, and you're going to find way less people. So I went to the wave three, I think, or K, and there was no one there. So I, that was really cool. I was able to get right in, take my time with my bathroom stuff. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a great tip. And another interesting thing I, I noticed is if you go to a very big marathon where they have throwaway clothes, don't go, don't go to the sides of the road because everyone's throwing their clothes. And I saw so many people getting hit by hoodies. I got hit. <laughs> I was getting clothes thrown on top of my head. Yeah. And then I was trying to walk over the clothes. I was like, I'm going to sprain my ankle. There's just clothes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great tip. And uh, okay, let's talk about your race first. Or you want to talk about my first? No, let's talk about your race first. Do you want to start on a good note or a bad note? I don't know. Okay. Let's start with the bad, because then bad. we can finish with good. Okay, so vibes. let's talk about Rochelle's race. <laughs> okay, so I feel like I was do a bad race. It was like, you know, Boston half went so well, and then Cornwall went so well, and this one didn't go well. No. Um, there's a few reasons. I think, so yesterday, I walked like almost 18,000 steps between the race expo and the river cruise and supper. So I, my feet were like aching by the end of the day. And I was like, this is not good to do this before. Yeah, marathon. that's hard. When you're like an, in a destination city, it's mm-hmm. hard not to. We went to the, the, this cruise and yeah, it's hard not to be out of your feet for, for that long. Yeah. And the expo was great. But by the time you get off the L train and you walk there and then you walk through the expo and then back to the L train, you're on your feet for like three hours. And they, they did something very interesting in the expo. They give you your beef. And they make you cross all the expo to get your T-shirt. So they're really smart. I almost left without my T-shirt. I got the bib and I was like, okay, I'm good. And I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. And then I was like, oh, I need my shirt. So there was, yeah, the step count was high. But I slept really well last night. I figured out my fueling. So if anybody listened to the St. Lawrence episode, I got really nauseous and hydration wasn't good. So I figured out like the night before and hydrating yesterday, I added a lot of Gatorade into my carb loading for the last two days and I feel like that really helped that's not something I did last time and then I had a bagel this morning and Gatorade instead of just a couple packets of oatmeal and then no drinking so I showed up feeling like okay my stomach feels good I feel like I've carb loaded everything feels good but I was freezing at the start line like I was shivering and shaking and I didn't I thought we started at 7.30, but by the time the wheelchair athletes started and then the elites and then corral A, B, C, I was in D, I was probably standing around for like 20 minutes in seven degrees with like a singlet and shorts on and I was freezing and there was You no threw up your clothes way too early yeah. because you, you, you expected to start at 7.30? Yeah. And then like 20 minutes later, everybody's just flinging their clothes and like hitting people in the face with their shirts and You jackets. were part of that people. Can, 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 it's like, can. I should be hitting people in the face with my jacket right now, but I took it off 20 minutes ago. So I started the race really cold and I was worried about the warm up. and someone next to me was like, 
well, the first mile is going to go out really slow because we're so jammed in. It did not. I got up with a 320 pace bunny and we went out like a bullet. Like I feel your GPS doesn't work very well in Chicago. So at least for the first five to 10K. And it felt like a 4.30 pace. Okay. But my watch was varying between 4.20 and like 6.30, which doesn't make any sense at all. But it felt really fast and my muscles were really cold. So it was, I was running along thinking I should slow down. But then I knew I couldn't rely on my watch. So I was a little bit worried about what would happen to me if I lost touch with the pace bunny. And so 16K, I was like, this doesn't, I don't feel good. And really, if, you, if you're if you doing a good marathon, it shouldn't start to feel hard until at least the halfway point. Yeah. Maybe 30K, ideally. So 16K, I was like, oh, this feels really hard. And then around 26K, my right whole leg just kind of seized up on me. Like my right hip flexor, my hamstring, and then my heel. Everything just kind of grabbed, and I had to slow to like a 5'10", but I could keep running at least. So I just had to have a really high cadence, like little baby steps. I was like, okay, if I keep a 5'10", I can probably still PR. And then at 36K, this knee issue that was bothering me, like right at the beginning of my training that disappeared and kind of came back, flared right up. So every time I swung my leg forward, the pain on the inside of my knee was like an 8 out of 10. And it was just, it got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to PR. I'm not going to get my A or B or C goal. If I keep, what, what, what were your A, B, and C goals? A goal was 320. B goal was to beat my husband Jeff's <laughs> PR, which was 323 from like a few years ago. And then C goal was to just beat what I did in Cornwall, which is 328. So I knew all that was out the window. So it was kind of like, okay, I just, I want to finish this. I want to get the medal. I want to get this. That was your motivation to finish. Yeah, like I wanted the medal and I wanted to cross Chicago off the list because I eventually want to get the six world majors but then I knew I could like run and push it and try to do a 340 and probably end up super injured because my knee was really not happy and 340 was not a meaningful time in any no no like 340 is like what I did my first marathon ever like I didn't so I started walk running because it was kind of like I could push it but my knee really hurts and the running physio brain was screaming like give it up don't do this and I'm also, like, I just don't want to be injured for the next month and not be able to run. It's the most beautiful time of year for running. So I just started walk running. And I feel like the first two kilometers, I was, like, pissed off and disappointed. But I quickly kind of switched gears and was like, I'm running the Chicago Marathon. And I had a Canada singlet on. And everybody, all the spectators were, like, screaming, go Canada. Someone even sang the national anthem. So there was a lot of, like, really nice energy from the crowd, and especially in the last 10K, like, the, the lineup of spectators gets really deep. So I just kind of was like, okay, I can't. I'm not going to do anything meaningful with just this. Just enjoy whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to soak it up and enjoy it. So I started taking videos as I ran and started, like, encouraging others who were struggling because there was a lot of us walking and, and not doing well at this point. So I just kind of changed my perspective and ended up, like, it sucks I didn't get anywhere near my goal. Because I ended up doing a 3.53, I think it was, and my goal is 3.20. Um, but it was still a really fun marathon, and I enjoyed it. And... Uh, but it's really cool that you were able to switch your mindset so quickly, because I, I guess at the beginning you were really pissed. Yeah, it was funny. Like, when I crossed the finish line, I think it was my husband, Jeff, said, like, you seem okay. I was like, well, I've had a long time to come to terms <laughs> with this. Like, 10K ago, I was like, oh, shit, this isn't going well. So it... 
you just kind of, I think you have two options. You can be pissed off and disappointed and be really pitiful and woe is me and just like storm across the finish line and really mad. Or you can just be like, oh, it is what it is. This wasn't my day and you just enjoy it and, and think like there's like 40,000 people running and a, like a million spectators at yeah. and just enjoy the race because a lot of people would probably give anything to run Chicago and I was there. So I just. Yeah, we were in. lucky enough to get in this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great perspective. What are, what's your biggest takeaway for your next build? Yeah. Of so when I do Boston, because that's my next one, I'm assuming it's going to be cold because it's April. So I'm going to bring way more throwaway clothes. And I'm not going to, like, people were running with their sweaters on and then they took them off 2, 3K in. I didn't even, stupid, I didn't even think of that as being an option. So I'll get myself a lot warmer at the start. And then the pace bunny went out really fast. So I think in Boston, you can rely on your GPS a bit better. They don't have pace bunnies, yeah. They don't have pace bunnies. So I'm just like, I do better when I'm running my own race, when I'm looking at my watch and I know what I'm doing. So I'll just run my own race, go by my own watch and be very warm at the start line. And if I'm not warm, I'll figure out a way to do a warm up because I was like, I probably could have found a way to do a warm up, but I was like, well, the first mile will be slow. That'll be my warm up. And it wasn't. Okay. So I feel like that's probably the biggest takeaways because my training my build was great. I don't think I would change anything. About well, the, the second build. part of your build was great. The first one, I remember you, yes. you have your tree mm -hmm. injuries. Yeah, June and like half of July. I was like, I don't know if I should have this goal. Maybe, maybe that's, that has something to do with it, right? Because mm -hmm. you're very confident in the second part, but at the end, everything counts. Yeah. So yeah, maybe having a more consistent build. Because summer is hard. To have a consistent That's build over summer, it's easier over winter as long as Ottawa winter isn't too ridiculous. So that, and then changing, like being warm at the start, feeling like my muscles are warm and ready to go when the horn goes off, yeah. which when the horn went off today, I was literally like shivering and I couldn't wait to start running because I was so cold, which is yeah, not a good way to... Everything affects a little. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we had a great summer, very hot, very long summer. It, it, beginning of October, we were running in 20, 30 degrees. I'm hoping that winter is going to be that hot <laughs> in, comparison, in comparison to other winters. Yeah, it'd be nice if it's not one of those winters where it's minus 30 all the time and lots of snow, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, my race, I luckily have a, had a great race. Yeah. I had a seven-minute PR, and uh, it's the race I executed, the best executed race I've ever done. I always go way too fast and I always think I can sustain that pace for the whole marathon. Like, like you're, you're feeling like the first 5k, oh shit, this is easy. I can go like this forever. And I always think at that and I always end up bunking and going slow and even walking. I think only Boston and this marathon are my only marathon that I haven't walked. Uh, the grace is great. How, how, you've done like four marathons? Three? Yeah, four. What's like the place of this marathon first, the, the more the, your favorite one or no? Oh, I think it was my favorite. It was flat. It was fast. The only thing, it was busy. So a lot of zigzagging and dodging people, but it was the atmosphere made up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's my second favorite for my marathon. I think Boston is, just, just the atmosphere in Boston is really, really, really special. More, more so than Chicago. There, there's maybe more people here cheering. I don't know the, the, the atmosphere in, in Boston yeah. is, it's, it's, it's really special. But, um, yeah, I, there's this website called, I think, Find My Marathon. And you can get like a, 
everyone told us about the GPS is really wonky at the beginning of the marathon. So there's this website and you can put out the, the marathon you're doing and they take, take into consideration your elevation that it's none in Chicago. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about that. Uh, but you can ask like for an aggressive negative split, a negative split, a aggressive positive split. And I know myself and I added uh, an aggressive posit positive, positive <laughs> split. Uh, so they say the first uh, half marathon, 13 kilometers, 13 miles. I'm going to talk about it in miles this time because I did everything in miles yeah. today. And uh, I needed to run at between 6.12 and 6.13 per mile. And the second part, I needed to run around 6.23. So the first mile went and I did like 6. I need to slow down. So it's the first time I do that in a marathon. Were you trusting your GPS? No, I, I lapped at oh. every mile. They have a markers at every mile. So I lapped at every mile and I can see my pace for that mm -hmm. mile or not my pace, my time. Uh, so I saw like 6.05. Oh, no, no, no. I need to, I need to slow down. And it's the first time in a marathon ever or a race, I think, ever that I slowed down on purpose. But then did you walk? No, at the end? no. Because that's only happened in Boston. In Boston. Walk, right? And I was injured and I took it really easy. And uh, yeah. Uh, so I lapped at every mile. I think I missed one or two miles. and like, oh shit, it's on, oh, 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 already seven minutes and I didn't see the mile marker. So I assume I, I, I missed it and I did. Uh, so, but the next mile I started to do the math. Okay, 6, 12 times two, it's 12 minutes and 30 seconds. If I hit that for the next one. Uh, so I did that for the first half marathon. Uh, I hit this, the first half marathon in right on pace. And I also uh, wrote in my, in my forearm the times at mile 5, 10, 15, and 20. So I, need, I, mm -hmm. I, I, was, I was able to know if I was on pace or not. Um, and the second half, the idea was to go at 6.23. And I didn't hit that at any mile. <laughs> it was... 640, 630. I, I did one mile at almost seven minutes per kilometer. Uh, per mile. Per mile, sorry. Yes. I, I did seven minutes per <laughs> kilometer. I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah, seven minutes per mile. Uh, but at the end, my goal was two hours and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was because if I get to 44, 59, I was able to qualify for Berlin, but mm -hmm. I didn't. I end up running two hours, 47 minutes and 30 something seconds. Yeah. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that, for sure. Well, that's the seven-minute personal best. Yeah, because in Mississauga last year, I did two hours 54 and change. Yeah. And then did Boston in a little, it was two hours 59 minutes and 50 seconds. I sprinted at the last 100 yeah. meters just to get under three hours. And I did the same thing this time. You just run it, but like 600, 400 meters out of the finish line, you turn right and there's mm -hmm. a little hill, like an overpass. And then you turn left and then you see the, the finish line. And when I was turning left, I started to, to see at my watch and I was, I needed to sprint to go on, on 227. Cause I yeah. did at one point, like at 32 kilometers, I started doing math in my mind and I was like, okay, 245 is out of the window. So let's make it 247. And I didn't want to see 248 in my watch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a great race. And Sifan Hassan had a great race. Kelvin Kipton had a great race. Mm -hmm. And we were very, very lucky. I, 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 I've heard that most, the Chicago Marathon can have like a great weather or terrible weather, too mm -hmm. cold or way too hot. I think Jerry, our friend, told me that in 2000, early 2000s, they canceled the race mm -hmm. because it was way, way too hot. So we, we had perfect weather. 
And uh, I 100% recommend this, this race to people. Just, just be aware that it's super crowded. Way, yes. way more than I, than I expected, for sure. Yeah, that was, that might have been part of some of the issues I had because there was a lot of, like, bringing up on people and having to slow down and then cut around them and then pick up the pace to catch the pace bunny in the first 10, 15K. And I feel like my hamstrings didn't like all the surging, but that's part of doing a marathon with 45,000 people. Yeah, I'm trying to think of lessons to our listeners. Is like my build wasn't perfect because my calf was injured a lot, but I was able to keep the, the mileage high. Mm-hmm. So instead of, for example, when I trained for Boston or Mississauga last year, I was training, running five days a week. For me, say I did a lot of, I did a lot of strength training for Boston. I did none. I was resting two days and mm-hmm. want to go out and run or anything. Uh, but I, I was running five days a week and that's it. And I did pretty much the same mileage as Boston for this time, but in six days a week. Yeah. And I think that can make a huge difference because you, you are, you are stressing your body one more day and they're recovering, your body's recovering and adapting. So my goal for the next few months, it's going it's to run seven days a week, maybe way less every, every day, but you, just to get my body used to run seven days a week. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my time. And if you remember one of the first episodes of the podcast, I talk about having like a long-term goal. And I think I, I applied this during this year to have a really, really long-term goal, not stress out about my speed sessions and my long runs or whatever, just improve and improve and improve and improve. One of, one of the things I did for this build is, okay, what I did for Boston in the first month, 270 kilometers, I want, I may... If you can hear that bike vacuum, we're in the middle of a hotel. I'm sorry about that. Uh, they decided to vacuum at 8 p.m. at yeah. Sunday night. Uh, but yeah, and the other thing is like, don't forget that consistency is key. You may, we, we talk a lot about our bills and our last four month of, months of training, but it's like, I trained for Boston. I just took May off and I got back right into it. So it's not just four months, it's just, years and years of training. It's my first year hitting 3,000 kilometers in a 12-month span. So everything started to click. And when you have these long-term goals, I think it's way easier to, to improve over time. One of the best pieces of advice I had, because I posted on my Instagram, I had so many people writing like, what happened? Are you okay? Because, you know, when you miss your, your goal by 30 minutes, people reach out and they're like, is everything good? And one person wrote, two people kind of similar things and it was like the build is not wasted it's gonna work towards your next build and just because you didn't execute the race correctly doesn't mean that the training is lost because everything I just did over the last four months is going to help me in Boston so I think it's seeing the big picture and realizing that the race doesn't define you as a runner and just because you didn't do well in a race doesn't mean you can't do well in the next race yeah exactly if you if, and if you go back and see that long-term, maybe Chicago was your B race and mm-hmm. it was just like a prep for, for Boston. And that's a great way to, to see up things. Yeah. Uh, anything else you, you want to add about recommending the race to people, your biggest, there we've been talking about our learnings and our experience, uh, anything else that pops into your mind about it? The deep dish pizzas <laughs> is worth the hype. It's really good. I haven't tried it. I, I'm going to go ha- have that for dinner tomorrow. We had that on Friday night and it's, it was like 
skeptical because I like thin crust pizza, but it's, yeah, I, I see what all the fuss is about now. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know what to expect about Chicago and it's, it's an awesome city. I'm yeah. loving, I'm loving the city and uh, it's a great race. I think for having, I did Marine Corps last year and it's not nearly 45,000 people. And I assume that because the Marines organized it, it was going to be flawless. And they made us walk like 10,000 steps from the, where the buses leave you to where the start is. So this race is, for that amount of people, I think it's perfectly organized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seemed like a well-oiled machine all day. Yeah. Yeah. So I think thanks for following our journey during the past few years, because we tried to make every episode about a, a, a topic, like teach something and give give to the community and teach me in our experience how to run better. But we've been talking a lot about Chica. <laughs> so thank you for listening, for our uh, regular listeners, for being aware or how do you say it? Like uh, when they are uh, on the lookout for our results? Yeah, just be caring about how we do in the okay. race. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot about that. And sorry about talking so much about marathons and Chicago. I'm not going to run a marathon in the spring, so maybe the conversations are not going to be mm -hmm. so strongly. You're going to train about for Boston, but we are going to talk a lot about Boston, but uh, we're going to try to mix it up. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a mixture. Hopefully with all the training and the discussions of how the training and the race went, people learned, even if it's just one takeaway from all of this, yeah, that's the goal. it'd be great. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, see you next week for an interview episode. We have a very interesting episode. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a, it was a great interview, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's really funny. We learned a lot. He sold us on the idea of trying new things. And uh, thank you and see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. Please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And visit chasingprs.run for all the latest episodes, get our free newsletter and all the cool running stuff we have there. Thanks for joining.